Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the uh, Wrestling Amino Behind the Scene podcast. Uh, today's guest is someone I've been wanting to get on my podcast for a long time. It's someone I think a lot of people have been wanting to get on the podcast for quite some time. Um, it is the one and only Prince O'Shaughnessy. Welcome. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, perfectly. I'm doing absolutely great. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's a beautiful day to record. Um, I it hope is. so, at least. <laughs> it is for me. It's like 70 out here. Nice sunny day. So yeah, um, as you may notice uh, throughout the podcast, uh, Prince is sitting outside, uh, which I can't blame him for. Um, yeah. If if it, the weather's really that nice. Um, so yeah, yeah I um, live in a house of multiple people, including sharing a room with my girlfriend. So uh, I gotta try to find ways to get away every now and then. This is my only chance. Uh, th- that's just perfect. I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the, I mean, I don't notice it right now. Uh, so neither will our listeners. So that's great. So hopefully, we're good. Um, I'll probably pop in once in a while. Yeah, probably, but that'll be fine. Um, anyways, Prince, you've been on this app uh, since 2015. Um, we yeah. started talking quite since quite the early days. Pretty of early on, yeah. yeah. I think I joined right in the middle of December. Oh, I joined originally. I created it in April. Yeah. Didn't touch it. Found it again on my phone months later when I was going through deleting stuff. I was like, let's check this out. And then, yeah, it was middle of December of 2015 was when I officially started using it regularly. And then we linked up not too late after. It was a couple weeks, maybe, a week after, yeah. if even. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it was really early on. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so you started uh, interacting with people in wrestling. I mean, telling some great stories um, about your time in the uh, wrestling business. And then... Um, you started joining leagues very slowly, but very surely you appeared yes. in a few leagues. Was AWN the first league you, appear, uh, you appeared in? No. So actually, the first I joined, I don't remember who ran it, but it was BAW. B-A-W. And I remember QZ and I believe DZ were running a group called uh, Omega Club. Yeah, that's And they immediately familiar. recruited me. Um, it, I think it lasted two shows before I, <laughs> before it died. I was literally, I was on, I think one show only. I came in and attacked, I think Jed Baylor or Baller, whoever. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like these are throwbacks. Um, <laughs> the, and then yeah, from there, well. I think it was uh GRW was the next one that and XCW were the two after I didn't come for another couple months. Oh wow. AWN came in pretty late. I, 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 I yeah. was thinking AWN, AWN. Because there's that's, one match yeah, the most, I, think, I um, very vividly remember, and now I realize that was only mm-hmm. like in late 2016, but that's obviously the no Yeah, no, I came match. in interview and I started in progress, which was their developmental. Definitely, yeah, in, I started that in progress. I want to say it was about April, late March, yeah. April. Yeah, yeah, and you had And I had already start. been about two months into leagues at that point, working in BAW, FCW, GRW. Yeah, so um, wh- when you debuted in like your first league, do you remember which rep or custom you did it as? I was Prince O'Shaughnessy, my custom. It was the O'Reilly rep. Oh, man. That was my really original. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I came in immediately with the Kyle O'Reilly, the OG. <laughs> and then that quickly shifted to Christian once I realized that uh, promo just were becoming a problem and renders were yeah. becoming a problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are not a problem anymore. Well, if you want one without an Undisputed Era shirt, that's a problem. But um, Well, now, yeah. Now there's a lot more O'Reilly content. But even now, it's still a lot of group content, tag content with Fish and Cole and Sto- yeah. Strong. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's that's quite a shift. And I, um, yeah. 
Now remember that um, do you and this is going to be a story that uh, many people will laugh at me for. Um, there was this thing called Rise Up 2018. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> the main event was going to be Prince O'Shaughnessy versus Show Off with you as your co-Riley yep. rep. Yeah, that was the throwback to our XCW feud. Yeah. Um, that never happened. Sorry for basically kicking Show Off out of XCW at the time. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't mind. He 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 did fine yeah. after that. Uh, oh yeah, I think he did okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, that that that's quite the story. So uh, you came into AWN. Um, you had a feud yep. with who was the Sting rep again? Yes, fan. Yes, fan. Yes, fan. Good old course. Chris. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, shout out to Chris. Um... He interacts a lot with me on Twitter. Uh, he's he's a yep. cool dude. Um, yeah. So um, <laughs> that was like uh, your first proper main roster feud, I think, wasn't it? Um, it, I don't know if it was my pro, my first one. I had one with Senior. Oh, when he was still uh, the Mysterio, Mysterio rep. About right, yeah, I think it was right before that. It was our SummerSlam feud. Um, it was right after I won Money in the Bank. And oh, that was yeah. my first feud after. And then after that, it turned into um, Yes Fan for the cruiserweight title, and, the two hundred fifty uh, pound cruiserweight. Yeah, that makes <laughs> no sense to me. Like honestly, I can get like putting a Chris Jericho as a cruiserweight champion yeah. because well, he was a cruiserweight even though right. he wasn't at the time anymore. But <laughs> Sting, <laughs> that Just... was I think I want to say that was Savage that booked that. I don't even think that was Chris. If I'm that was the time that uh, Warzone was ran by Savage. Was Chris had left yeah. for like two or three months oh yeah and yeah, savage they, is the one that put the title on sting it was a 250 pound rep yeah. and had my breeze rep at the time beat him i'm going to be try and be respectful because <laughs> i was on the awn creative team at that moment oh i was this, healthy i was writing at the time yeah yeah <laughs> decisions that brad made were questionable yeah that's the least, yes. least yeah absolutely uh, <laughs> for example where you had um, Triple S, the Universal Champ, versus oh, Aiden yeah. Slater. Aiden Slater, Aiden His English. character, <laughs> Aiden English. <laughs> I wrote a tables match, I think, for Aiden English. Or Aiden Slater. Aiden Slater. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, that was just, that was just, it's hilarious oh, yeah. looking back at it, but it was like a very serious thing then. Yeah, and then he uh, um, swapped that out for his CM Punk rep. Yeah. Oh, oh man, man. That, that was weird. But, uh, <laughs> talking about rep changes, you changed the rep in AWN. Um, you yes. changed to the now infamous and now most widely recognized rep of yours, I reckon. I would say possibly, yeah. Yeah, I would think Prince, so. Prince Michaels. <laughs> Prince Michaels. When yes. did that change happen and why did that change happen? I can kind so, of guess why, but tell me. It was a conversation between me and Chris, actually. We were out late at night talking. It was right after the uh, breeze or the. Prince Pretty versus Chris match at No Mercy, and I had just rolled him up for the win. Um, so we we're going to do the Iron Man match, and yeah. Chris's biggest gripe was that Breeze doesn't have a broad enough move set for a sixty-minute Iron Man. And I was like, I get that too. And I was like, at the same time, I wanted to move into more of the main event scene. I had the money in the bank at the time, yeah. so I was like, I needed a rep that was going to fulfill that. And we were both just brainstorming and talking about our favorite wrestlers and matches and whatnot, and we just kept bringing up Michaels was the constant for me because that was my favorite wrestler growing up. Yeah, you left so out there because like, uh, Art yeah. kind of left uh, yep, wrestling, yep. you know. But um, 
yeah, he said basically you should go for Michaels. And I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. I'm like, I think I could pull it off. It's a hard rep to pull off, but oh, definitely, I think I can handle it. And so we were just kind of brainstorming the story of the match and how that was going to play out. And we're like, you know, this could probably work a lot better as Michaels. And if the plan is for me to eventually go to WrestleMania as the main event, I think it'd be better as a Michaels rep than a Tyler Breeze rep. Hey, 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 um, hey, hey. I, I made the better <laughs> WrestleMania. Is it bad news, Barrett? Yeah, you, yes, yeah. You <laughs> were the one that gave me my first win over, Chris. Uh, I don't think yeah. people remember that. Yeah. You were technically I, the person that gave me my first win. I actually kind of didn't remember. That happened in progress, yes. didn't it? Progress-o-mania. It was, progress He was the world champion. Um, he put himself for a open challenge for at progressomania me and max shout out to max if he ever is comes back and listens to this oh man um, me and him so cool. promoted for it and we got a triple threat tables match with chris and you were the one that distracted chris and allowed me to push him through the table and yeah then. that that was that was insane that, that's yeah. a throwback that's what was the catalyst to me getting called up to the main roster and it worked and then you changed to prince michaels and then you talk about that rmm yeah and let's talk about that rmm match let's talk about it because honestly at that at that moment um it was possibly uh the single greatest match on wrestling video ever absolutely and it still holds up as one of the best wrestling amino matches ever Oh, sure. And the story alone, we spent so long just talking in chat. It's me and Chris's matches, they were never, I think they were the only matches probably on Amino that had full input from both of us, debating spots, debating the story and all that. It was the most, like, I believe it's still, to me, the most intricate story of all of Amino. Because as long as, yeah, it was seven matches or six matches and across multiple promotions, but everything we did had so many layers to it and we were talked about. Um, and that Iron Man was no different. That was literally took days upon days of us just debating the storylines and what little moments in the match we needed and the idea of it to go to a draw and need sudden death. Like, that was all just completely our talk of ways to make sure that I looked good, to make sure that he looked good, to still put the story over and not shy away from anything. It was a very intricate match if you read back through it. Oh yeah, and it it paid off. It paid off. Looking like I think so. For it to be remembered <laughs> right now, as um, according to the AWR, let's not talk about any potential bias here, but um, <laughs> the AWR rated it six stars, and um, yes. I think that's Which very was well totally deserved. not Chris just giving himself six stars. <laughs> no, absolutely, but, uh, not. it was deserving in a sense. It was sure. deserved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you're going on the Meltzer scale, then yeah, it was. The six star uh, Meltzer, version no, of Meltzer Amino. started doing six star six stars at around that time, so uh, yeah, fit yep. right in. Um, and I'm glad that we're kind of talking about um, six star matches because I want to slowly but surely um, also ease into um, another subject, uh, which is obviously um, without a doubt, and I'm going to say it, maybe pissing off some people, <laughs> the biggest leak in wrestling Amino history, um, as and it's still going. Lots of big leagues have not made it this far, um, but this one did. Battle of the Best, BOTB, everyone knows mm-hmm. it, everyone loves it, and Hopefully. it just so happens, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at the likes <laughs> you're pulling, I think, I think people love it. <laughs> um, and I just so happen to have one of the owners, uh, one of the head bookers, head writers for the show yep. uh, here with me. Um, so BOTB, um, at some point you must have decided... 
man, these leagues are cool. I want to make a league. Yes. And um, um, how how did how did it come about? How did it come about? Just just ease me through the process. Originally, I think the first couple months it came on, I had no desire. And then uh, when Ian brought me on to the XCW creative team, that was in about late March, early April. So at that point, I was you know two three months into XCW, but they were weekly, so you know we had a pretty deep run at that point. Yeah. Um, and I was just realizing like all the stuff that he was doing, and was like, this is kind of cool, like the ins and outs of like the background of it all, and like what goes into the matches and the yeah. stories and all that. And I was like, this is interesting. And I talked about it with Nick one night. And it was right after Nick and Dia just joined the app. Um, and I remember we, we, me and Nick specifically were having the conversation of, like, it would be cool to have our own, like, little league. It doesn't need to be anything special. It could be a little just throwaway league, just something for fun, see how it is. Just and a little immediately, Yeah, and immediately <laughs> Nick was like, we aren't going to be able to make this a throwaway league. Like, it's, we're going to have to go full ball, like, balls deep in this. Oh, bless Nick. Um, yeah, so we brought D on because D at the time was starting to have the same ideas. He wanted to run his own league. Um, at the time, he was just starting. I think he had just written a match or two for XCW, so he was starting to get that writing bug. And yeah, uh, yeah so we were both, all three of us, were having the conversation one night of just, should we build this? And this is in April of 2016. Um, just having the idea of like, all right, what's a good name? We both were just brainstorming. We're like, well, if we want the best guys, let's just make it like a battle of the best guys. And we're like, wait a minute, that's a perfect name. Yeah. So we it stumped was. on the name, and then we're all like, we're New Yorkers, so of course it's gonna have our New York flavors to it. We're gonna have to constantly make it New York style. And conversations about venues and whatnot, and we're like, well, we need a league that comes in for a show. And throws it Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So we're like, we need to start small. We need to start realistic. So we're like, Hammerstein isn't even fully realistic for a new show, but it's still it's a two thousand seat arena. It can be done when you had some of the people we had on that first card. Yeah. Because um, at the time, you know, we had Ark on the card, who at the time was one of the top names in the entire scene. You had people like Ian, uh, Jonesy, etc., who were very no names around the scene. <laughs> Boss as well. Yeah. And so we're like, all right, this would make sense if we just ran that one specific venue so like we'll run hammerstein and it all just kept sprouting from there we launched it in june i think it was june 20th i just saw the sign up the other day uh oh, it was june 20th june 20th 2016 it's almost exactly four years now so wow that's that's insane and yeah. slowly but surely you started get, getting attention and um yep like there were uh, great matches, great matches from the get-go, but there is one show that is often cited as one of the, if not the best, BOTB show of all time. And I don't know if it's fair. Um, I, I must say, I've read that show. I haven't really read all the shows around it. I've read most of the shows. Um, but it, I think it was mainly, or well, very much due to the main event as well. Um, do you yeah. know what show I'm talking about? I would assume you're talking about Illmatic. I'm talking about Chapter 14, <laughs> Illmatic. Yes, VOTB yep. Illmatic with the main event, one of the biggest stories. If you uh, want to hear more about this uh, particular story, by the way, um, go listen to uh, Devin's podcast with Squid like uh, yes. about a year ago. Um, they go really in-depth on this story. Um, but it is uh, Squid Champa versus Havichika Okada. Um, yep. The rematch. The rematch. And I don't think a lot of people realize that was their that was not their first encounter. 
No, because they had a, I think it was a world title match um, earlier. They had a uh, television title match three or two shows before at oh, We Won't Yield. We Won't Yield, yeah. Um, um, yep. And that was won by Squid with a roll-up grabbing the ropes, which caused... Yeah, and that causes controversy. Yeah. to demand a rematch. And it worked. And um, so, suddenly, at the time, was it as regarded as such a great match as it is now i mean i know it got six stars about aw yeah. hansi bridge i made uh but um <laughs> did people really think uh, was that maybe the moment that botb really became i don't want to say the biggest league uh there was but like so insanely huge was do you think that had to do with it yeah absolutely i think um we didn't start to feel like we were even being mentioned along the top leagues until I think it was Survivor's Remorse, which was January of that year. Yeah, um, that was our I want to say our ninth show in, maybe tenth show, was something along those lines, and that was uh, Tyler Law versus Untitled for the world title in the main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was where I think we first started hitting. That was our first like real long main event that actually had like a nice built story where every match in the card meant something. Yeah. Um, it was to me at the time our first like complete show where I felt like okay we have like a good formula here, and it kind of just stayed like all right we're like top five maybe, debatably like you know on that line pretty much. Um, at the time there was still like CW, AWN, uh, yeah. AA was still around and on and off or whatever. Yet ACW. Um, so we're still like we're basically like riding number five, and then uh, Crossroads I think is what bumped us up more, just because of the fact that we were able to have two leagues come together for this crossover which at that time really never happened as successfully as we pulled it off and then omatic i think was the one that knocked us into the arguable number one spot for that match yep. uh, we dropped that match and i remember immediately it was constant messages non-stop about how incredible the match was and comment after comment about it and the chat was wild for the next like two three days talking about that match and, um it was to the point that was when um AJ Bryan had his podcast with oh, yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. and RR, and Chris spent like half the podcast putting that match over. And, um, I mean, look, and that was where he was like, back, "Yep, six stars. It's the greatest I've ever read." I th- I think uh, it still holds up as one of the best wrestling matches in uh, Amino history. Uh, I appreciate that. Definitely, I th- I, think I would hope lo- that's I the think case. a lot of BOTB stuff does, by the way. But that match, in I think anything after Remorse was probably still holds up. I, I look back at some of our like first few shows, and the matches are not too great. The stories aren't too great. The stories are kind of just not fully connecting. And then no. it was until probably January is when everything started to finally click. That was where I feel like everything starts to like. Where you can now go back and look on it and go, okay, that's still a good show to this day. Yeah, but it took about that long, about six, seven months, until we finally hit that stride. Yeah, so so and when you finally hit this right, I mean, um, we all know that BOTB is still running today. Yeah. Um, BOTB has had, um, remind me how many shows, um, th- th- do you know from the top of your head? Uh, Chris just, uh, Chris, uh, Nick just counted them. I think it's 40 that have happened. See that? Um, and and, and then there's the three that are currently in the works. Yeah, so that's 40 shows. Uh, we talked about Nomatic yeah. being the 14th. Now they're at on, and on top of that, yeah. like 26 more shows so far. And way more to come uh, already planned. So um, there must be, well, it must be trade secret at this point. But how, how, 
Do you keep a league afloat for four years with that many shows? Uh, you know, I think it's just the drive. It's I have ideas of stories that I want to play out, and I know where they're going to go. I know the ending of the story, and I know that the payoff to me is much sweeter sometimes than the work I have to put in. Um, and so as long as I can get to that story or to that payoff, I think is my number one goal. Yeah. Um, like, I don't really worry too much about how good this match is or how good the story is. It's just so much of I have this outlook of a certain ending to each feud, and that's where I want to get to with each feud. Um, yeah. So with just writing shows, it's just like, you know, like Jason versus Tool, for example. It, oh, the yeah. reason I think we were able to push so long with that story is because we had that end goal and we had to keep finding ways, which just made us want to keep posting more shows and prolonging this story. And the more you prolong the show, the more other stories keep popping up. Yeah. And so it's just like a chain effect. And it's not like we haven't been burned out. I've personally been burned out multiple times. I'm in a phase now where I'm yeah. kind of in between of wanting to write, not wanting to write. Um, yeah. It happens to all of us. I think that's something that people overreact too often with their own burnout. We're all going to get burned out. Um, right before King of Queens, I think it was between New Beginnings and King of Queens, we took about a three-month break without me even like saying anything to chat for a good month or two because I just I had no care in my heart to want to write anymore. I was just tired of it. I was like, I've written at that point probably 20-something shows almost all by myself for the most part. Um, so, like, it's just... At that time, I was like, I need a break. I need to relax. And when we got to King of Queens, and the payoff was so sweet, it was like, cool, we can go back on to another high, and I was able to knock down, like, three, four straight shows. And so it's just constantly setting goals, building towards those goals, and the second you achieve them, you just want to keep going for more. Um, yeah. I think that's what I got with Unbroken after the uh, payoff of Tool versus Jason is oh, made yeah, me want to write was... City almost immediately. And that that's good because, and I think um, it really helps as well, right? Because yeah, you have um, your tasks divided up, uh, divided up nicely. I, as far as I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, you do the mill and the tech team division, and Nick handles the women's division. Uh basically, it's uh me and Nick both now kind of do tag. Okay, uh, we basically sure. we basically go fifty fifty on that. But yeah, for yeah. the most part, Nick's pretty much entirely in charge of the women now. I'm the men. It used to be um, D was the tag, and then Nick was women's, but we decided to split that up. There was a time where Nick wasn't really booking any of them. It was more I was taking the women's. We were all doing men's, and D was taking tag. Like We kind of keep swapping around just to keep things fresh. Yeah. Um, but right now, women's division is all Nick's pet project. That's oh, all I'm just thinking. Oh, and that, um, it's a good division at the moment, let me tell you that. It, it is. It is. It is. Right now, I think, might be our strongest division as far as uh, storytelling is going, and the oh, fact that definitely. if you look down the roster, every single person on the roster is doing something right now, which I think is incredible. Yeah. Is that you don't see that in most of it, especially in other leagues with women's divisions specifically. You just don't see multiple storylines going on, but this is the one where every single person has something to do. They all have a direction for the most part. Uh, so it's cool to see that he's taken that much initiative to map everything out and build as much as he possibly can on that thing. Yeah, and it's such a help as well, I can imagine, because we know league teams, oh, yeah. uh, league creative teams are uh, often um, not as reliable. Um, like, mm. one guy does the edits, one guy does that yep. match, one guy does that match, and it all, all kind of goes into a huge heap of delays and all that. But you know right. with Nick and yourself that you two can really count on each other. Uh, yeah, we know what we can handle, and... Like, don't we've definitely stacked the deck against ourselves a couple times, or we probably 
spit off a little more than we can chew. Um, but for the most part, we still get it done. The only one that I think took too much was uh, I know Day or um, that's the only tournament I could think of that we were just like, yeah, we don't have it in us to do this. And it was right around the time that I was getting burned out. And then I'm like, here's a tournament that we don't have before I got burned out. So it was just horrible timing. If we had done it a year later, we probably would have knocked it out. But yeah. Yeah, for the most part, we know what we can do. We know what we can handle between the two of us. Especially when D was there, too. We were able to know, like, D can write these matches for me. I got these ones. Nick can edit this. Yeah. We got all the bookings set out. Um, so we knew everything we needed to do. We had everything mapped out ahead of time. And just now it's kind of the same. It's just the two of us instead. But I kind of like it better now. It's less um, having to rely too much on each other, having to communicate with too many people. It's just the two of us that are able to knock it down whenever we need, whenever we have time, and see what we can knock down yeah and it really must help that you have like a lot of time uh to plan uh storylines and all that oh, together yeah. as well um and talking about that imagine when you don't have as much time uh <laughs> to to plan a show imagine when you have to do it all based on uh what promos get sent in and what a randomizer then gives you um, yeah. Where does that lead? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that led us to... Not sure I would regret. I think I was still happy with how it turned out. But, um, yeah, Luck of the Draw was one of those ideas that were, I think, better on paper than our execution. We had the idea of a mystery vortex was the original idea. Yeah. It was just the entire show being entirely mystery. And then um, we're all like, well, we can't really do that. Because, like, what if, God forbid, like, not a single champion ends up picked. And now we have all these random guys thrown together. No champions defending on a show. Like, we need to make sure that, like, everything's kind of got, like, a somewhat of a set direction that we can work with. Still and uh, so we're like, all right, let's just do a bunch of champion open challenges, basically. Let's have a random luck of the draw match itself. And then let the promos kind of do the work. And, uh, yeah, we put that into the randomizer. And it worked out both in our favor and against us in the same realm. Um, some of it was a lot more convenient than we expected. Some of it was a little more less convenient. Some of it we were just able to find a way to map into it, right? It was a... Uh, and for you know, some they... matches, uh, I don't want to name any, um, there were only <laughs> one, one... You know, there was only one challenger promo. And you kind of had to roll with the story, even though, like... You had yeah. to put your tag champions against two jobbers, but like... yeah, um, like I said, we put it into randomizer. It was whatever was going to come out was going to come out, and um, that was unfortunately one of them. Was we had no other tag teams willing to throw in a promo, and so we had our tag champs face the Nelson brothers. But uh, you know, it worked out in the end. We, yeah. we found a way to make it work. We found a way to have fun with it. Oh yeah, a it was also a nice, easier match that. for us to handle and write because like we don't have to take this one too seriously. No, absolutely not. Um, and But in the end, I think um, <laughs> Luck of the Draw provided us with some very, very nice uh, surprises. First and foremost... I'd like to think um, so. <laughs> Edgepray and Joe Mega. Yes. That was Yeah, that insane. was not the plan. No, um, I, I, I heard that because you, you actually said this was actually randomized. Will Edgepray yeah. was the uh, challenge that came out of it completely by randomizer. And I told Nick we should have just screen grabbed the randomizer when we were doing it. That way we could prove it. But then I was like, even if we do it, they're going to be like, oh, but they probably randomized it 10 times and make yeah. sure we got the result. So I was like, there's really no way that we could prove that we randomized it. So no. 
Bears don't have to take our word for it, unfortunately. That's whatever at this point. It's fine. I've heard the enough of people going, you rigged it, or this just all worked out so convenient. I don't believe it. It's fine. I don't at this point. Yeah, bygones be bygones. It's a year past. Yeah, We've definitely. gone on. Um, we know what we did. We know that we were smart enough to randomize it. And there's nothing we could do to make people believe it otherwise. But yeah, that match specifically, that one and I think the uh, Hangman Nakamura were the two that everyone was like, come on. How did that end up being randomized? And I was like, well, first of all, I was not exactly planning on taking the title off Nakamura. No, um, no. That was not a plan going in. We didn't want him to lose the title until Field of War at the very earliest. Um, so that didn't exactly work out as well as we wanted. Um, but again, like there's just nothing we could do at that point. Is we had a set out plan of what we wanted versus what the randomizer wanted. We saw randomizer gave us Hangman, and we're like, all right, well, it's still Chaos versus Bullet Club, so we can still acknowledge that there's the same rivalry, and then we're talking about it. And Thad uh, had messaged us. Uh, we had asked him specifically what he would want in a match, depending on who won. So we're like, we're going to give you all these guys who yeah. post, post the promos for this match. You tell us, you know, would a Bomaye, for example, be allowed to be kicked out in this match? Would you be okay losing in this match? Would you be okay winning this match? Would, like, just basically give us your yes and no's on what's okay and what's not per person. And yeah, for Hangman, it was like, put him the fuck over pretty much. That's nice. Um, and That's we went really through nice. the promos. Yeah, we went through the promos. We're like, I think Hangman might have beaten them in the promos. So we're like, we went to that and we're like, hey, so this is kind of what we've come up with. Um, is there anything you want? And he's like, all I like, just make him look good. He's like, I don't mind losing at this point. He's like, I'm at a point with the character where it was, he was feeling a little burnt out of writing the same stuff over and over and having the same storyline, kind of. Um, he wanted kind of just somewhat something to change basically he was tired of the undefeated record and that being like the main catalyst of him um yeah, so he's so like if it would be perfect for him to come in make a statement win the title just like i did when i came in and take the title off of me and so we're like all right well that's cool that basically gave us the blessing to put him over and then Thad loses and app goes crazy we're getting yep. hit about it on the podcast and whatnot Yep. <laughs> and uh, we're like, you know, at this point, it's, it's whatever. It's fine. Um, it was like, it kind of worked out in the end because we had everyone talking about Hangman and that match. And it was like, it works because now people are going to want to see what Hangman does next, what Clarity does next with that whole faction where Thad goes from here. So it became a nice talking point for us. And then Thad was kind of going to bat for us in the comments. We're like, Dad, don't worry about it. Let it go. Um, yeah, yeah. And, but uh, yeah, that whole story, was that whole show between the Hangman beating Thad and then Edge Spray answering the challenge. Yeah, it was there's a lot going on. And then of course the great ending of the show with the uh, show off coming out and that caused a lot of uproar. Yeah, that that was uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was another one that we got uh, not, a lot of slander for, but I was like, it all makes sense in the story. If you go back through oh, their definitely. history of if you go back to the beginning of Show Off and Tyler Law and BOTB, they were both Black Heart Crisis members. Show yeah. off was part of the group that kicked him out of the Black Heart Crisis. Lou Coffey, who we can talk about soon, wins the title. Oh, definitely. He ends up vacating the belt a week later, so we have a tournament. Ironically, it ends up being Show Off and Tyler Law in the main event. The Show Off had already won Field of War, so he's got a guaranteed title shot no matter what. He loses to Tyler Law. He's pissed off and frustrated because he felt he had the better promo. He ends up burnt out, leaves the community for a while, never left the company, but left the community. 
So, like, we were just in this weird spot, and then uh, we need an immediate direction for Law if he was going to lose to Lesnar. And so we're like, what if we just have this, to, like, show off and talk to him about coming back for a while at this point? We have talked to him the ideas that we had. And we're like, what if we just have him pull a Dolph Ziggler and come out and say, it should have been me in this position. I should have been the champion. This should have never happened. Yeah. You shouldn't be here. And we thought it made perfect sense. So we're like, we're going to run with it. And people just, I think a lot of it is they don't like show off as a person, which I get it to an extent. I understand if you have problems with the guy, but from a storyline perspective, we thought it made the most sense. We don't go it based on what people, yeah. who people like and who they don't like. Um, I've booked people I'm not a fan of in the past. Like it's not about who we like and who we don't. It's about who's putting out the best stuff. Exactly. And, and so I it's think, the guy that we've uh, always been able to rely on. So. Yeah, and I think it, I think it comes down to um, Tyler Law being quite a controversial character as well. I say there was there's that as well. Yeah. respect to boss. Absolutely, um, it was the battle of two. It was the two evils basically. It was no one really liked Law at the time. No one liked Show Off at the time. Um, so we were booking them both against each other. So everyone's kind of like, I don't care who wins. I don't want either of these two. We're like, but we need this. We specifically as a company need this yeah. for these two. It's not so much. At this for this specific story, it's not so much what you guys want; it's what we need to let these characters move forward. Um, so we had to go that route because it was like it was the only way that made sense. We couldn't just leave the story unfinished. We had to go ahead and finish it. Exactly. Um, so um, yeah, that, that's once you commit to a certain story, uh, yeah. you you can't drop it. And um, as much as people will dislike it, um, you can you you have to roll with it. And I I'm going to say this like. Um, with mixed feelings, but a similar thing yep. has recently happened in NGWI, where yeah, they yeah. Um, have the story. Um, for those of you who don't know, Cooper Cheswell got injured um, and is uh, going to be off the shelves for a year across all the leagues, uh, approximately a year, right? And Something like that, yeah. They, they, they got so much backlash on this story. And uh, Devin's explained it to me. Devin's explained why he thinks it really works. And I'm going to take his word for it. Because if he thinks he can make it work, I have full faith in it. But they did commit to the story. So all that backlash that they get, I'm sorry people, but they're not going to change it. Because right, then yeah. you ruin the flow that, you're, that you've built around that uh, storyline. And I think kind of a similar thing happened here in BATB. Um, there is a lot of negative backlash, but you can't just let it go. You, uh, in order to keep the stories, like it's not just one story uh, that you keep flowing with. It's it's like um, because BOTB is very good at interweaving stories. So like you have this whole thing coming off of Tyler Law getting beat uh, by by Lesnar and uh, show of returning and all that. It's not one story that you have to you can just easily stop now it's multiple stories that weave into this story that if you stop yep. maybe don't make the other stories that led up to it worth it as much right it devalues um some of the work you put in before making this storyline for sure and i think um they also had NWI had the same issue with their main event for uh was that boston strong was that the show yeah with uh was it sycamore and matthews in the main event or uh, matthews and Owens, um, uh, that whole, yeah, like they had a very similar issue with us. Where, um, and I don't get me wrong, I've had my own uh, personal opinions towards how they went about their match, and we've had hours about hours. We both differ on both sides, yeah. but it's very similar situation. So I can understand where they're coming from in it. Where you know they have a story that they want to set out, they want to finish the story that we 
kind of left open. Yeah. Um, so they wanted to finish that Sycamore Matthew story. They saw their opportunity to do so. And at this point, it's more for them, what they believe they need for their two characters. It's they want the story to end the way that Sycamore and Matthews and their belief needs the story to end. And so they're going to go about it the way they need to go about it, not really worry too much about others' perception. You know, not everyone loves Matthews, not everyone loves Sycamore. They don't really care. They need these two to have their playoff in their own belief. Yeah. Um, and so it's a very similar story to us. Um, again, both executed very possibly not perfectly. Um, but again, it's you have to let it play out in a sense. And I think a lot of people were very quick to jump on it. I understand why people were frustrated. I know um, a lot of the defense of Tool and Devin and all them was, well, why didn't you say something sooner? And I've seen it myself at BOTV, so I can understand why people waited. And a lot of times, it's they're waiting for you to play it out. You, they want to see where it's yeah. going. They're giving you the benefit of the doubt of it all. You know, I've had it my own self with BOTV storylines before. People just kind of let things keep playing. And then when it gets to a certain point, they'll finally say, all right, this is actually how I feel. Because they are hoping that it's going to go a certain way. And I think that's something that happened with them was they had their story of Kirk and Sycamore and what they want to do with it. And they were letting it go. And so people reading the shows were probably looking at it going, all right, I don't know how I feel about this yet. I'm going to let it play out and see where this goes. And then I'll officially judge it and they saw that first climax of the story and went nope i'm not into it no and I'm... it happens it's human nature i've jumped on things too early i've 100 percent should have thought things through before saying things sometimes yeah, um and i understand both sides that. of it at this point as a yeah. booker i understand their frustration as a reader and consumer i understand theirs yeah um because at the end of the day i'm also a reader and consumer and i'm also a booker so i can see why Devin and tool might be very frustrated with the way that they were hit for and criticized for it. And I understand why people felt very passionately against it. It's oh, yeah. a very controversial story, just like how we have with law and show off. Yeah. Um, but for them, the only advice I can say is just keep going with your stories and hopefully the next climax of the story can pull some people back in. You know, we had it with Bullet Club. People were getting sick of Bullet Club and then Sin City hit. So now people seem to be oh, back yeah. on board Bullet yeah, Club yeah, for the yeah, most yeah. part. And let's, let's, so talk, about, like, let's talk about Sin you know, City for a time. second. And because yeah. you bring up a point that people jump on something before it happens, before it fully fleshes out. And mm -hmm. um, that's a thing that happened with Sin City as well. When the Sin City card was released, I have never heard so many people <laughs> talk shit about a single card yeah. as they did for BOTB Sin City. Oh, yeah, and I now, see we'll it all. Like, about, we'll talk hidden. about how I, the I show... I see all the messages. I see all the comments. I see all the people yeah. in chats. I get the screenshots sent to me of people all the time, like the snitch on the friends. I see it. I see yeah. it all. And, and we'll talk about how the show actually paid off in the end, but like yeah. when you saw that, um, <laughs> you, I, I guess you had kind of a similar reaction. Um, like, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, there might have been a hint of frustration, but still the determination to actually uh, bring the story, because Sin City um, was mainly a story after, like, Unbroken 3, a huge event. Yeah. Sin City was a way to, like, keep stories going or build yeah, new stories. Yeah, as we build it, it's our B show. It's a show yeah. that we're basically just using to transition from one to the other without having to have this awkward break in between or um, having to force stories onto another show and try and convolute it all. So it's an extra show that we can use that can help kind of launch ourselves to the next point. Um, but yeah, when that card got released, that reaction, I thought it was hilarious. I wasn't even remotely upset. I kind of expected it. 
Yeah. Um, I think I had told Nick in the chat right before we dropped it, I was like, how much you want to bet people are going to be very upset at some of these matches? Um, I knew people were going to see like Isaiah Orton and TJF and go, oh, really? That's a boring match. And they're going to see, you know, Kaz versus Javi and be like, but this isn't the Kaz Javi match that we wanted. This is bully Kaz. What the fuck is this? Um, so like I knew people were going to be upset about it. It didn't really bother me because I knew exactly what the plans were going in. I was very proud of what we had going in. You know, I knew people were going to see like Blanchard versus Brie Rhodes. Like that's just a boring, shitty throwaway match. We had all these random matches of you know dan richards and demon prince but dp is not even active that's bullshit it's like we've had our plans we know what we're doing with all of it and uh we knew at the end of it all people were going to come around and a lot of people have still remained optimistic despite their criticisms i saw a lot of the comments were a lot of uh you know this show's kind of disappointing i'm you know I'm not a big fan of the card but i still have some faith in you guys to pull it off yeah, um, which is all we ask. You can we have no problem with you criticizing any of our matches or shows or anything like that, as long as you give us faith to eventually, you know, correct it. Um, I think we have proven time and time again that every time that we're corrected or criticized, we were able to correct it pretty quickly um, and make it right for everybody. So, yeah, that was a fun one, and it was another one where a lot of the stories on that card were for us specifically. You know, I yeah. know. Uh, People were upset with Law versus Matthews, but if you read the match, um, you will see there's a story for both men involved. Um, especially Law. There's a character arc in Law's Matt in Law's character, specifically in that match. If you go back and read it, I don't think people really picked up on. I saw in a chat recently, um, people were saying how Law has no stories anymore and how nothing like BO TV's not doing anything with him. He's literally just like floundering, and I'm like should have read the match, because if you read the match, you would have been able to see there was a lot going on for Law in that match of him oh, yeah, making yeah. mistakes and hitting a very hard low with Matthews, who he's had a long history with, able to triumph pretty handily over him. It wasn't a very competitive match. Nope. Um, Definitely not. Which but... is a arc for both guys, showing that Matthews could beat a top former heavyweight champion, that maybe he is as good as he's been saying he is. And there's the moment of Law where Law's got to now doubt himself. Like, is he taking this match seriously? Is he taking his career seriously anymore? Like, is he broken? Is he gone? Like, is this, have we already seen the peak of him? Or is there still more to give? So there's a story for everything. But uh, it's a lot of it gets lost in translation. You know, a lot of people, they'll read the matches or they'll skim through the matches, whatever they do. um, And they won't fully see that we have these little moments and matches and these little commentary bits and our bits in the paragraphs of the matches itself that will kind of help you understand where we're going uh, people just mainly look for the result and i think that's kind of upsetting sometimes yeah, I, you know? I, I talked about this very briefly um on my podcast with uh, peggy uh, about how people really indeed uh, look for results instead of reading yeah. like full matches and yeah that is frustrating and i i've been guilty of it i don't read oh, everything same. Um, I've absolutely gone through multiple shows in the app and just specifically looked through like, all right, this match is, you know, Luke Crusher versus Prince Michaels. Ah, uh, who won? Ah, uh, Luke Crusher won. All right, cool. Keep scrolling. Uh, who won this match? Kirk Matthews versus Sycamore. Uh, Matthews won. Keep scrolling. And then I'm done. And I'm not yeah. looking at the actual story involved and the details that went into it all. I'm just looking at who won. I think it's a very common issue with the app sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. especially as a writer, it's incredibly infuriating. Oh, definitely. I'm see. I'm seeing it now because I'm uploading the uh, light heavyweight league, uh, which, as you might know, is a YouTube right, series right. Uh, with uh, a fire pro wrestling simulations of matches. And um, yeah, as many likes as it gets, the amount of views that appear on the YouTube page, 
Um, uh, you can check the analytics though. You can see how many, how long they're spending on it. Oh you? yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, see how many, how long people please, are actually please. watching it for. <laughs> don't torture me. I, I've seen it. I've seen it. People you see the fifty-five minute video. People spend forty-five seconds on it. You're like, yeah. wait, yeah. You guys so, are uh, watching. That that kind of <laughs> happens indeed. And yeah, there's um, no hiding. <laughs> yeah. So that that's just um, that's just infuriated no that's not the right word i mean everyone chooses how to spend their own time i i right. don't care yeah. that's how everybody spends their time you're allowed to watch this show you don't have to watch the show you don't oh by to. any means you have every right in the world to not read a tv show i write way too many words and spend way too much time putting this stuff out for people to have to sit and read it all i know i can barely sit through my own show sometimes and read yeah. through it you know i'll try to read it over but like i can't i don't have the time for this and i'll scroll by it happens to the best of us. I'm not blaming anyone or mad at anyone specifically exactly. that so, aren't um, taking the time to read. Yeah, that, that and indeed, like, but you know, it's it's nice when you notice that people actually read the shows, that people actually right, pay yeah. attention to like the subtle hints in anything. And um, so when when you pick up on that, that just feels good. That just feels uh, good. For example, it's a nice fuel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uploaded the uh, like the fifth night of the Light Heavyweight League, and Brady just comes to me, and he says something very subtle, like, uh, I don't even know how I kicked out of that running blockbuster. So that, that proves to me and, that yep. he's actually watched the match. He's right, yeah. And, and I get um, the same with some people that will like point out commentary bits from BOTB. They'll be like, oh, when Mark said this, I was dying. Yeah. Like, you actually read it. Like You paid attention, because that's not... You know, a commentary at the end of a match that's literally in the bulk of the match. So you were, if you were skimming through, you were doing a pretty decent job at it. So yeah, that, that's that's really nice. So um, oh, we yeah. we had like uh, two more controversies. Controver I don't never know how to pronounce controversies. That word. Controversies, yeah. Um, <laughs> to talk about, and um, I I am going to um, not talk about those um, in the interest of time mainly. Um, however, let's let's quickly let's still quickly uh, talk about that tournaments. How do you feel about running yeah. them? You know, um, I'm always proud of the end result. You know, like Pillman, I was incredibly proud of how that show came out. And the first or the second? The second one specifically. Second one. Yeah. Um, I was very proud of the way that that show was mapped out. The Definitely. End result and everything, and the reception we got for it. Um, the hype behind but it's such a, was oh insane. yeah yeah it was like everything about the show itself phenomenal but the actual writing of it became very infuriating at points where i just halfway through i was like all right i can't do this and i'm like but i have to because we still have three more matches i can knock down three matches yeah and, I and guess so like it there's it, it's a very um i don't know the exact word but i'll just say tiring yeah. Uh, process, you know, and then you, when you finally get to that main event, and for whatever reason, that main event alone was the only match that I felt easy. I wrote it within a day. I had no problem. Um, it was one of the easiest matches I think I've ever written, where I was able to just start, finish within a couple hours, and was ultra proud of how it came out. Um, I think I have an idea because uh, of why that might be, and correct me if I'm wrong again. Um, I feel like at the start. Um, you had some guys in it who had like an extensive BOTB history, such as Carl Sigmar, yes. such as Nick Briscoe. Yeah. Um, but the other guys, they, they were fresh. They were like they had histories in other leagues. New, to yeah. catch up on everyone's history in every league, especially with guys like Daniel Bennett, who have done it all in every league except BOTB. Right. Um, 
that you, you can't read up on that. So you basically start fresh, and by the time that you get to the finals, Juice Madison, very fresh face, Daniel Bennett, uh, within BOTV, a very fresh face. You at least have stories built, especially for Daniel Bennett in this case, I see. Yeah. Um, and on top of it, it, it builds two more guys in the roster. It's not just, yeah. you know, Juice that gets built from that stuff. It's Daniel Bennett beat our champion, went on to the finals. He lost in the final, sure, but he still has the championship match eventually down the line he's already yeah. pinned their champion so it creates two big faces in the division and on top of it Bennett's story with Oliver gets tied in so Oliver's now going to be known to the division so it's like you have all these different faces that were able to be built in and then on top of the fact of having Briscoe and Sycamore and Salam and uh even Star etc who were all able to be a part of it like you have all these new faces you have these older faces and it's nice that you're able to kind of put them all together and you get a nice big tournament out of it it worked out perfectly i think we had a nice blend of new and old we were able to tell great stories throughout and we created a whole bunch of new stars it felt like yeah uh definitely felt like one of the biggest like um roster additions uh to be to be like you had luck of the draw where a few tag teams got introduced uh you yeah. got a few guys like tgf jordan blanchard um blake lethal uh yep. who got introduced so and they're they're all doing stuff now, but interesting stuff, I'd say. Um, and like the, those those two moments were like, even though uh, they must have been tedious to write, lock of the draw must have been quite quite a pain, as we talked about yeah. earlier. Uh, the <laughs> tournament apparently quite a pain, uh, but in the end, you did build, you did successfully, in my opinion, build like um, the future stars of BATB. And I think when you keep that in mind and look back on it, it at least is all the pain, all the tediousness is at least worth it. Oh, absolutely. It definitely, it's a nice fulfilling feel. Um, yeah. Because you know, we spent so many years building up Squid and Show Off and Tyler Law and Javi and all of them, making them our kind of like, you know, build around people. You know, they were our building blocks of the company for the most part for the first handful of years we were running. And they realize, like, eventually their time's going to run out. You know, it's a very different world in BOTV versus the WWE. Yeah. Where, you know, WWE, these guys last 20 years on an app. You're only lasting, you know, two to four. Some of us are lucky enough to keep going. But that's usually, you know, your basis. You get two to four years. And for the most part on the app, you only get about a year or two on top before people just start throwing you back over. Yeah. Um, so it's like we knew eventually that Javi's time's going to run short. We know that Squid is eventually going to run short, show off, etc. So we had to start building the next generation of guys. Um, and that was basically the idea of the last year was to start getting some new faces. Let's get Blake Lethal in here. He's phenomenal. I think he's got a great future with oh, us. Definitely. We got Clarity, oh, who's another Blake one who's oh, been Clarity phenomenal for us. Absolutely. You know, and then we have all the Bullet Club guys that we just picked up. Like we're just constantly picking up little pieces. You know, Juice and Daniel Bennett, I think, are going to be phenomenal. Like we have all these guys that are now coming up, and then it's your original gatekeepers, your Okadas, your Stars, your Lesners, your Laws, your Showoffs, etc., who've been here for years, yourself yeah. even, um, yeah. who've oh, been yeah. here for I've, quite I've some time. Yeah. Um, so we have all these guys, and you have your mixtures of like your Eric Turners, who kind of came up in the middle of it all. Um, so it's like we have a nice blend of all different people and different styles of uh, male competitors that we've built up. We have our women's division that's been built up very nicely. Uh, we have our stars and our you know our building blocks of the division are you know our Elias skies and Charlotte Varley's actually Mercers. Wait, have wait, their... oh, oh, wait, one yeah. second. <laughs> Lia yeah. Sky. 
Liar Sky. Yes. Liar Sky. Okay. So um, just about everyone I know has been pronouncing it Liar Sky. No, it is Liar according to Nick. According um, to the Nick. The Y is a hard voweled Y. If Nick says it, so we can't disagree. It's his cousin. Liar, he, if I'm not mistaken, he got the name from a girl he went to school with whose name was Liar. Okay. Um, um, so I assume that would be the correct pronunciation. I'm sure people pronounce, pronounce it differently either way. Yeah, but and, yeah, uh, the liar sky. Okay, and in, in the light of that, I do want to uh, make people uh, aware of the fact that it's... Uh... Some of the pronunciations have been funny <laughs> to hear. I remember, uh, I don't think I commented it, but uh, Devin on one of his podcasts was calling Hesaya Hesaya. Yeah. I was like, it's Hesaya, and I remember Thad specifically explaining it. Uh, but I had Googled it just to make sure. I like went to Google Translate. was like, let's see how they hear. And they're like, oh, it's Hesaya. Okay. Um, Sounds and, not uh, right. J- j- Some just, of the pronunciations, people just go, you know, you're caught up because you're not hearing it, you're just reading it. But yeah. What do you think it is, by the way? Jameson or Jameson? I've been Jameson. Jameson, okay. Yeah, Jameson because... is the way I've always pronounced it. Yeah, because I've been pronouncing it Jameson. And it's weird because technically it's my custom. But on the other hand, I never made him. Um... Yeah, technically, it's Nick's brainchild. Exactly. But he gave it to you, so you run with it and you do everything with it. But Nick came up with the name. So it's Jameson. Um, it's Jameson. That's it's a Jameson good story Nelson to talk about. Me. Great old story of Jameson. Well, um, <laughs> how how much more time do you have? Because um, I'm free. Well, let's get into it. Jameson Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jameson. Oh man, that was uh. You had just came into BOTB. If that was for whom the bell tolls, right? for whom the bell tolls, yes. Yeah. So uh, you had just come into BOTB. That was either your first or your second show. It was. Um, um, well, let's let's just put it this way: there was this show where I appeared in uh, 2017. Yes, uh, there was. Uh, we go to extremes. That we was. We go to extremes. Yeah. So let me just quickly very gloss over that very fast to explain something because this is something I've never, I don't think, explained. Yeah. Um. This is mainly for Devin because I know Devin wanted me to have. Wanted to have me on this podcast to explain it, but we just never could get the right schedule together. No, I've heard um, about that, yeah. Yeah, so you and Jack yeah. were a team that we had just signed, and you were going to be teaming as a trio with Pegue. Yeah, the European Union. Right. Or Eurolabs, so I think. So that yeah. started at the end of the Sycamore Matthews view, but it was originally supposed to happen until Jack decided to leave. Yeah. Um, uh, Jack screwed <laughs> me over so hard there. Yeah, what originally was supposed to happen was they were going to screw over Matthews. Matthews is going to bring in two guys who I assume would have ended up being probably Richards and Orion or whoever. Yeah. He was around back then. I don't know who he would have brought in at the time. Um, but originally, he was going to feud with you two specifically as Sycamore moves on. Matthews then moves on. He feuds with you guys, gets himself a partner, takes out you guys or faces you guys, whatever the plan was going to be. <laughs> Eventually, possibly a big six man for maybe Battlefield or something, I believe yeah. was the original idea. But that's, that's why that story was actually left so open-ended because Jack left after that match. So we had already planned going forward. Then Jack left and we never got to revisit it because we had built that as the final one-on-one between them. So yeah, we had to those, just kind those, of uh... sweep it under the rug. That's why Sycamore kept moving. We took Matthews yeah. off TV for a while because we're like, we need to get him like away for a minute, let people forget about this for a minute. And have so him yeah, l- l- let me add on to the yeah. story. So for for a little while, Jack and I were tag team stars and strikes. We were called yes, um, very great tag team name by the way. I love that. Um, anyways, phenomenal name. <laughs> we were the uh, OTW uh, tag champs. Tag champs. Uh, yeah. Then we came into BTB, and um, honestly. 
until I debuted, uh, or until I debuted um, at For Whom the Bell Tolls, I had not ever been made aware of the fact that I had already debuted in BOTV. I, I found you know, out. Kansas found had the out. same issue. <laughs> Wait, Kansas, Kansas said, when he faced you, yeah. at, was that the luck of the draw? Um, no, I, um, well, I, uh, um, I had one interference of the in my match. Yeah, yeah. So, that um, was the match. It was his debut against you where he uh it was when uh he beat you by dq because you locked yeah. in the knee bar yeah that was and um, you wouldn't remove it beautiful i believe that was, that was maybe yeah. yeah either or he never watched he never saw the exclusive show so like a month or two later he had messaged nick about when he was debuting and nick's like you what <laughs> <laughs> so i remember we were talking about it and we're like you already debuted <laughs> That's like, crazy. What? And he went back and looked at it. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't read it." Yeah, so, so that's like, yeah, kind of what happened with me. Uh, but this, I think, this might be the first time I've told Shout you. Shout out, um, Cam. I love the Canvas. Canvas is great. Canvas is great. Sorry one to expose you. No, no. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, he might have actually yeah. talked about it on our podcast. Yeah, I think he might have brought it up. Again. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, <laughs> yeah, so that happened. Uh, Jack left. I reinnovated Crusher. Crusher was not the rich mm-hmm. guy um, when I debuted in BOTB. No, Crusher he became was, uh, after Jack left. He yeah, was on Black Rep, wasn't he? He was on Al- Alistair Black Rep, but there was not really a character to him. There yeah, it was just wasn't. a random European man who yeah, random European repped Alistair. And then suddenly I thought, <laughs> I was talking with Chris actually, and he said, well, you should change up the character. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do that. Fuck it, I'm rich now. Um, so <laughs> all of a sudden I'm a millionaire. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I'm no. I'm no. That's that was my excuse, and it works yeah. because it still works. Um, anyway, so for whom the bell tolls? I I I'd been calling out Ocardo, which is by the way the yes. classic heel move, um, which many have done, but not the many favorite have. of the app <laughs> to just call Ocardo out yeah. for everything and anything. I love it. So um, <laughs> I'd been doing that for months just after i debuted my um yeah you were one of the originals to do it <laughs> yeah and i it paid off because one day yes i woke up i saw b to b from new Tolls part one had been uploaded and it literally started without even any introduction no it just started and i called crusher. open yeah yeah a nice cold open of the <laughs> crusher um coming face uh, to face with Ocardo. Yep. Um, so yeah, um, that was the start. That was the start. Yeah, and he then, refused to wrestle. He had the shoulder injury, as he called it. Shoulder and injury, was, yeah. And needed a replacement. Jameson Nelson was like, hey, you, get in the ring with Okada. Yeah. So how, how did that, that came about? How, well, how did you, or how did Nick suddenly think, man, jobber time? <laughs> <laughs> so if I remember correctly, because this, this is a long time ago now. Um, if I remember correctly, we wanted you to have that cowardly, almost like a Fandango gimmick. Yeah. Where for a while you were kind of refusing to wrestle, finding little excuses to get out of wrestling because you were a millionaire, so you could just pay people off to wrestle for you. Um, we wanted your big first match to actually have some meaning a little bit, have you built up, have this character behind you, and then throw you in. Um, and so we wanted that idea of the Fandango just, you know, finds a way out, so we needed a way to get you out. And Nick was like, well, what if he just, like, pays off some, like, random kid? And I was like, that's kind of funny. And he was like, like what if we, he was, like, backstage one day, he was fighting with Ocardo, Ocardo's like, oh, you're facing Okada. And he's like, actually, I have an idea. I'm getting out of this by paying off some poor child who's, like, 140 pounds, who was, like, an Ocardo trainee. Yeah. And I was like, that kind of works. And so we were, we, I remember I wrote out the segment. And then I was getting ready for the match. I'm like, damn, I need a like name for this guy. And he's like, hold on a second. And Nick, for whatever reason, 
has this just like second nature of coming up with these randomly great <laughs> names for characters. I don't know where he gets it, but this man comes up with names on the fly without even like thinking things through. Takes two seconds, just looks at a guy, goes, I have a rep idea for him, and here's the name. And it's like that quick. Um, yeah. And so we needed a character, and I was just like, we need a jobber. And I think originally we were using Primo as the ref. Or as the rep. Uh, I, um, I, I definitely went with Primo first. I don't know if you guys yeah, saw Yeah, I don't think we... I don't know if we had a rep for I think he was just like an appeared in the ring type yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he um, never had any uh, picture. Yeah, I don't think he had an entrance or anything. No. But uh, we wanted a way to get Okada a nice win. Because he was... He had just lost the, te- the television title pretty recently. So, so I think his first match back since losing it. So we wanted to give him a nice quick win to get him back on his feet. And then we wanted to find a way to make you look like a coward. So we're like, let's find a good jobber. And he was just like, Jameson Nelson. And I was like, that's the name. Sure, let's go with it. And I remember in the match, I'm like, I want to get him some offense. I was like, I'm just going to write in a wrist lock. Screw it. Like, let him get a wrist lock. It's the easiest hold to obtain. Um, so yeah, I wrote in the wrist lock. And I think you were just immediately like, he got a wrist lock. He's a god. And everyone yeah. in the chat was like, wrist lock god, innovator of the wrist lock, master of the wrist lock, it was yeah. amazing. Oh, and in the match, Okada no-sells the wrist lock, which I think is the best part about it. Like, that's just, like, the icing on the cake. As he finally gets one offensive mood, Okada just kind of, like, looks at it, laughs a little bit, immediately counters it, and everyone's like, master. And so it just, like, worked out beautifully. And then I remember, I think he would come to me and Nick in the PM afterwards, and we're like, I need to keep working with Nelson. And you yeah, well, wrote the promos it- out. I, I, I'm just going to uh, quickly interfere there because the, the, then after that, um, you had the show where Joel Nelson... Uh, yes, faced yeah, the Lane brother Rue. of Jameson. That, that's why I think <laughs> I went with uh, Primo, so yes. his brother could be yes, Epico. we needed the brothers, yeah. Uh, and then after that, uh, even though, wait, aren't Primo and Epico cousins? Yes. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. anyways, yeah. Um, so then I was like, um, I changed my rep to EC3. Yeah, and that was right because I, I was in your Canellas still. Yeah, I was Canellas, and yeah. then uh, I locked out because Nate had just fully left, like Amino forever and all that. Yep. And um, then uh, I realized that there were a lot of funny promos and all that between EC3 and Rockstar Spud. Yeah, and I was like, I can keep <laughs> Nelson going as Rockstar Spud. And now you guys have a assistant, was. and uh, perfect little comedic guy worked out. Yeah, and eventually it just all went to blows, and um, finally we had that match at um, Unbroken 3 on the exclusive show. Very fitting, yes. of course. Um, yeah. Which I thought was exclusive a great match. King. I, really, I really hope that people uh, have taken time to read that. If you haven't already, do it, because I don't want to be tooting my own horn too much, especially since it was essentially me versus me. Uh, but Right, and on top of it, Yes, it was a squash, but like the actual like content inside of it was just yeah. perfect for that story. Exactly. So it was really a story, and like I'm not going to talk about what happened after. Uh, that hurt my feelings, <laughs> even though it's already led into another story for Overdrive. Um, yes, which uh, we'll get to in a very quick second. Um, yes. But um, yeah, um, James and Nelson. Uh, it was like just, just it was such a random, actually kind of small trivial thing within a BOTB show that could yep. have easily faded away um, forever. And you no took one, it no around with no it. James I think, Nelson. Yeah, and I believe, I say this all the time, I believe you were the master of finding those little nuances and just running with them. I you've done it with Nelson, 
you did it with the exclusive show and became the exclusive yeah. king. You took the knee bar and you made it the exclusive knee bar, which is just a random move we just needed because you had like no submissions in your move sets. We're like, just give him a knee bar. Like, that's an easy yeah. to throw in. And so you were like, and you immediately took it, threw it up on your profile right after, like exclusive knee bar. It was like amazing. Like took that. Yeah. Like it's every time you take these little details, you're like, I'm keeping this and I'm running with it. And I think that's phenomenal because that to me, for the most part, especially with um the way that we book is like take those little details and make something of it because that's why we throw those little details out there yeah. sometimes we saw uh nate do it with jordan ridley with oh, uh yeah. oh, i yeah. hate eric turner you oh, know there's just a random thing i threw in in the segment because i was like i need a idea where like oni lorkin I'm like he's a crazy guy he's gonna do something outlandish and i need something funny that's gonna like let tsdf stick out so they're not just a team that showed up and i'm like and i have Eight and seven in the ring and so i was like what's a good idea like what's something that would be funny that could stick out and it was like well they're british strong style guys everyone hates Eric turner and i'm like there's the chance that zach gibson has that i know for a while uh turner had adopted in bscw of the yeah. if you hate your, if you hate turner take your shoes off so i was like how funny would it be if he just without even the champ being there he just took his boot off and threw it at lewis Bate or seven whichever one he threw it at it was like i hate Eric turner and see how many people get the joke. And immediately, people clicked. Nate took it to his promos immediately, ran with it, and it became his own little character. Yeah, and eventually it got him a win over Eric Turner in the BATB Pillman. Not in the tournament itself, but in the tournament um, In the show, show. yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, indeed, when you take these little nuances and you um, use them, that shows to a uh, league owner, I think, that you are willing to like do stuff for that league that means that you're willing to adapt that means you're willing to uh improve your time within that league and i think that's very vital for league owners to know this is a guy we can work with this is a guy we can trust uh that we can put our trust into uh going forward so yeah i uh, reckon everyone should kind of do that um if you get the chance to because you might not get like these these golden eggs uh, landing in your lap basically but I happen to uh, have it Um, Nate did it with Jordan Ridley Um, and yeah as long as you can keep doing it please do it because it makes it it so much more fun yeah just find those little nuances it just shows you're paying attention to detail you know it's you're taking this little bit and you're running with it you know yeah. Um, and it's showing to me that you're dedicated, you're paying attention, it shows that you're actually reading your stuff, so I know you're actually seeing these details. It's just a nice thing every now and then. If that opportunity arises, it, does not, it doesn't pop up for everyone. But if it does happen to pop up, run with it. Take it and go for it, you know? It's like it's just it's a little small detail, but if you can find it, you could be, you know, you can see what happened with Jordan Ridley, you see what happened with you. You can take it and run with it and become much bigger than you anticipated. Yeah. Definitely, and um, let's. Uh, I don't actually have a like a bridge for the for the next thing, but um, I want to talk about what's going on in BATV right now and what what's yeah. coming. What's coming in the future? Just very briefly, quick overview about what uh, the next few shows are going to be. So uh, next on the card, um, based on a, a great <laughs> album, based on a great great album. The cards already been released. Promos are yes. dropping in uh, left and right. Uh, Full Moon Fever, uh, based of course yes. on the Tom Petty album. Um, Full Moon Fever. Just, just a quick overview. What are the things we can uh, people can expect for those who haven't seen the card, which is unlikely. I saw how many likes the card got, but 
uh, <laughs> our cars, for whatever reason, get just as much likes as their shows sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Uh, anyway, so uh, the main attraction, of course. Poster. The poster child, uh, Brock Lesnar versus the great Habishko Okada. Um, I think the main thing with the story, for me specifically, is one, it's Lesnar's, Kaz will hate me for saying it, it's Lesnar's first defense. Kaz will argue that it's his second because he has the whole, um, I, don't think, I don't know how many people have read his um, last promo, his Luck of the Draw promo. But he had already crowned Lesnar champion after Law walked out on the title match at Field of War, calling yeah. himself the uncrowned champion. Yeah. And that luck of the draw was Lesnar's first defense. So he's going to argue it's his second. It's his official first defense, though. Um, and he's taking on a guy who, believe it or not, after three and a half years, whatever it's been, that Hobby's been in the company, he has never had a shot at the title. Which is mind blowing when I actually yeah, think about it. Really all the stuff that he's been, he's been arguably the face of the company, and he's never to this second had a heavyweight title shot. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it's a weird thing. It's uh, something that I think is interesting. It's something that I think should excite a lot of people. Um, so I'm hoping the match comes out as well as I have it in my head. I have I the ideas and the little plans of it. So I'm hoping that it comes out as well. I'm hoping that the promos that Javi and Kaz drop are going to be standard up to the match. Um, but I think it's going to be something that a lot of people hopefully will enjoy. I'm not looking for a five-star classic. I'm so far past the hopes for that. Yeah. Um, after I wrote the first Javi versus uh, Squid, I think my whole mind was like, I'm no longer worried about how good a match is. I'm just worried about making sure the story is right. Exactly. Um, so right now with this one, it's I'm hoping the story comes out right, and I'm hoping that people understand it and aren't going to get too confused by it. If not, then I guess that's my fault. Um, but yeah, so we have that. I'm a great sure co-main event. Edge Spray versus Juice Madison for the yes. light heavyweight title. That one, I think, is another one that the story between them of these two perfect baby faces, like ultra baby faces, the Iron Man Edge Spray who went on a, I think it was 12 straight shows wrestling I think he was the only it person, was was him and Sean O'Varley, just nonstop got booked, show after show. The only reason he wasn't booked on the last show is because he had the Pillman Invitational to run through. Yeah. I so actually like, talked about that Iron in the uh, Light Heavyweight League, by the way. Uh, yeah, so he has been our absolute uh, Iron Man. And yeah. now he's got Madison, who is coming off his Pillman Invitational victory. So that's going to be another phenomenal match that I think, I'm hoping, a lot of people are going to enjoy. Probably. Um, again, plans for that. I've already started writing the beginning parts of oh, that match. Good. I had some that's ideas. Good. So we've got like five, six paragraphs deep into the beginning of that match. So we've got a lot of stuff going on in that yeah. card. It's one of our and, more uh, stacked well, cards of the day, I would think. Uh, oh, definitely. But what what is your sleeper pick for this uh, for this event? I mean, I can't say it's going to be a sleeper because I think everyone already is kind of thinking the same. But Lethal vs. Omega is one that yes. I'm extremely excited to write for. And I know it's a lot of, that's a match that a lot of people pointed out when we dropped it. Um, so I don't want to say them, although that's really how I feel. So I'll say Cena versus Orton. Uh, Cena versus Orton is a different match. What am I thinking of? That's, uh, that's a different four. Yeah. Um, Cena versus Owens on full movie. Um, yeah. Um, Still a great match regardless. But <laughs> Oh, definitely. And um, I'm going to throw my, uh, throw I don't know my, my own card for the sleeper pick uh, as well. Uh, I think Ashley Mercer versus uh, Hisaya yes, is going to yeah. be uh, a very, very good match. Uh, Absolutely. There's a story there that's been brewing for quite a while now. I don't know how... Yeah. Well, people have picked up on the story because you don't see many, started, too many people talking about it. But I want to say it started Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, 
on the moment of bliss segment and it's been building since then so what was that august i want to say when sunset came out september something like that yeah something yeah so yeah it's been a couple months in the making so yeah um, was that eight nine months oh yeah yeah it's a full pregnancy at this point (laughs) jesus yeah that's true uh so that pregnancy of storytelling Watch out for that, or look out for that. I constantly keep saying, I said this on the uh, Packet Podcast as well. I said watch out, but I mean look out. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, I what, mean, either way. I mean, you never know. You might might be a very dangerous match. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. BOTB4. BOTB4 up uh, after that, I think, right? Yes. Uh, uh, typically. Oh, you cut out there. I'm not sure. and Overload. Overload should be out. I've procrastinated. Yeah. I should oh, yeah, have finished Overload, this weekend. I'm halfway done with the main event. The rest of the show's already done. Nice. Uh, Nick was supposed to write the main event. He backed out because he's Nick and he's had some issues this past week. Um, so I've been the one that's taken over, but I've kind of procrastinated. It's halfway done, so we'll be coming out hopefully this week. Um, uh, that's good. Um, for those, yeah, so uh, Overload, I, and then after Overload, before which one is another quick, quick one show. Quick thing. Uh, I yeah. do need to make a disclaimer. Uh, I don't know when this will be uploaded. Um, so when he says this week, I don't think it will be uploaded yet. But today um, is Sunday. Was it May thirty first, thirtieth, whatever today? The thirty first is the thing. Uh, the thirty first today. Yeah, thirty first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, I don't know what the date is anymore. Anyways, just just look out for that. After that, BATB, uh, it's uh, fourth uh, anniversary for BATB yes. four. Um, yeah, we did not go with the uh, whatever the number was, was ten thirty something, whatever the uh, one thousand day number. Oh was. yeah, yeah. We didn't go with that that everyone was suggesting. It was too long. I get that. <laughs> I get that. Um, so yeah, the uh, is the main event of that is that Chaos versus the Roadwives? Is that confirmed to be the main event? Yes, that will be one hundred percent our main event. That's not a uh, us being us who are just going to randomly throw the card around like we tend to do. That <laughs> yeah. was one hundred percent going to close it off. Um, all three of the cards at the moment are their main events are exactly set as okay, advertised, great. so that's not going to change. Um, Overload will be Hangman versus Bait. Four will be Chaos versus Roadwives, and then Full Moon Fever, of course, Lesnar and Okada. Those will 100% all be the show. Um, but yeah, four is going to be a fun one. That was such a. I don't want to say I regretting booking it but uh it's definitely gonna take a little bit out of me to have to write through that yeah but I, i'll get it done it's, i've given myself enough challenges i'm i know i can handle it uh, it's, it's gonna work it's gonna work out perfectly i, I exactly I can just feel it and um after that we thankfully have we didn't more... get any criticism for that one because we we're trying to explain the guy just so you know like don't take this card seriously oh no yeah I, not I only, it's not even a b show it's fine. like a c or d show like don't <laughs> No, but it's fine. People people picked up yeah. it well, I reckon. Um, it's just the ma- it was just the card that we just threw together to celebrate four years. Got a yeah. couple guys booked, have some fun. Just some matches we wanted to throw. I wanted to write an Orton versus Cena match, so I was like, oh I yeah, so I've heard. Yeah, so uh, look out for that as well, Prince Cena, yeah. Isaiah Orton. And um, after that, there's one more confirmed show, I believe, right? Overload. Um, no, the, the the overload. Yeah. And we got overload. We got four following that. Full Moon Fever, and then Battle Rumble will be Battle after Rumble, that. That's that card is not announced yet. No, but, but we do uh, have the Battle Rumble coming. Yeah, and uh, a few people have sort of declared for the uh, Battle Rumble. We do uh, have I a couple. I don't want to name names because uh, we did a couple segments on the next shows, so I don't know who's Ooh. been released. I, I, I can, I can I know tell for you sure, for sure Turner that Eric Nakamura. Turner, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Turner Nakamura, I can confirm. 
Um, as for the other shows, I'm not sure what other ones we've even released yet. I've written at least four or five declaration segments over the next couple shows. I don't know which one was on Sin City, which isn't. That's... So I don't want to throw out any more names. So Very exciting. <laughs> the Sherry though. Turner Nakamura is confirmed for you guys. Uh, and look out for uh, the next few shows to see who else gets yes. uh, into the Battle Yes, Rumble. keep in mind that if, just because you don't have a match doesn't mean you're not going to be on the shows. There's a lot of people that are going to be making some appearances despite not having a match confirmed. Yeah, so uh, indeed uh, you've talked about that as well and I think people picked up on that quite well. Uh, so that's good. Because I, um, I know we got like three shows. I know like Matthews didn't get booked, so I'm sure Rabbit might be confused by that. I know Tyler Law wasn't booked, and it's, like I said, it's three shows and none of them are yeah. booked, so I know it's going to be a little confusion. But, but I'll tell you all, boys. <laughs> in, the end, in the end, when we get to that Battle Rumble, I think we'll all pay off because uh, it is yeah. quite interesting. We haven't seen a proper Rumble in quite a while. Um, right, yeah, it's been so, some yeah. time. So uh, we're hoping we've, we've got a very nice lineup for the men's run. We have a couple names we got to finish out for the women. I think we're about three names short. So uh, you're gonna have some surprise appearances, Ooh, hopefully, in that one. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I think of the name of our division itself, plus a couple of random inclusions. We're at, I think twelve of fifteen or eleven of fifteen confirmed for us so far. That's great. So that's we still got a couple. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a fun, surprising filled uh, show. Uh, I hope so. Surprise, <laughs> I should say. Um, now, I want to talk about one more thing, and I did this with Peggy yeah. as well, um, which is who do you think are like the biggest future prospects? Like, um, I know you're quite high on Juice Madison, for example, yes. and uh, as you should be because he is amazing. Uh, any other names that spring to mind uh, when you uh, hear the word top prospect? I mean, of course, yeah, Juice. Um, Juice wasn't even, like, my pick. That was a... I think Devin was the first one to start calling him out. And oh, then Nick kind of jumped on that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, those... those He goes to them. I won't even... I mean, I 100% approve of them, but, you know, that's their, you know, excitement. They're, they're into him. That's their guy. Um, for me, I don't really have any off mind. I don't pay too much attention anymore to, like, the lower leagues as much. I don't really have time to navigate through shows and whatnot. Um, but from what I've seen, we've signed Josh Ayasua. Yeah. Um, that was originally, I know Tigre's talk, or talked about it before, but uh, that was originally supposed to be Kane Cattile. Okay. That was our original uh, idea. We had an idea for Cattile to come in. He wanted something fresh and different because he didn't want Cattile to be in a top league yet. So we decided, right, we'll give you something different. So he's like, I have this idea that I've been wanting to work with. So we jumped on Ayasua, gave him the shot. So I'm hoping that that's going to work out. I think his first promo was phenomenal already. Oh, definitely. Um, just a quick little introduction to him. So I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's hard to point out who the prospects are for the most part because the way the league scene's set up, there's so many like top leagues that have these prospects already who are doing stuff with yeah, but then it's also the idea of, well, how long have you been on the app before you can... Like, are we still calling Zed Cooper a prospect at this point? Yeah. You know, he's been around for at least... It has got to be almost two years at this point that Zed Cooper's been on the scene. Oh, yeah, that was you know, so quite like, Can a, we still uh, say prospect? That was quite um, a, uh, quite a uh, sensitive point at the uh, Amino Progression series thing. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. So it's like there's some guys who are on there where it's like, 
are you still considered a prospect? You've been here for how long? I'm not sure if I can still, like, we can't call Clarity a prospect like everyone was for the longest time. Yeah. Up until, like, just a couple months ago, people were like, Clarity's the rising star. He's the next top guy. But I'm like, at this point, he is one of the guys, you know? You see him in TGW. He's one of their big stars now. He's in Kojo facing Javi for the world title. You know, so, like, you can't be calling him a prospect no more. He's definitely shed that. So, like, is Cooper in that mix? Because I feel like he's got to be at this point. So there's definitely guys where it's like, you, I don't know who I could even call a prospect at this point. That's fair. But I guess for me, it's just like the entire battle of the future roster. Um, all those people on that roster from Neil Madden, who I know Night Hero has been around for a while, but that rep, from my knowledge, hasn't been around too long. No, um, I know he's booked in CTKW against uh, Liam Archer. but uh, apart Yeah, from that, I, I don't I know how long anyway. he's been around. But from what I've seen, he's within the last year he's popped up. So yeah. there's him, of course. There's guys like Ryan Choke, who's starting to shed oh, that Choke, prospect yeah. status. Exactly. There's your uh, CPW. There's Kazuhiko Shida. Um, of course, you have like your women that we have down there, like uh, Samara Banks. Um, you have like your Desiree Kahira, Rita Shirai. Uh, I can't say Hijetsu because Hijetsu's kind of been around, but yeah. to an extent, sure. She's kind of in that like Ryan Choke status. Yeah, I guess. Um, where it's like, they've been around, we know who they are at this point, but in a sense, they're still kind of building up. It's like, it's hard to name a specific prospect, but those are the people that, like, catch my eye the most, just from being different, standing out, using different reps that aren't used as often for the most part, minus, like, Samara Banks. But, um, otherwise, like, those are people that I usually will catch my eye. Just, I like to see people use different reps and try different characters and experiment with their promos more. You know, guys who put in effort who are worrying about aesthetic but also worrying about the content like i think it's to me that's what makes like catches my eye so the more i see people like that like orion choke's been doing and uh something along those lines it's just it you know it speaks to me more often than it would if you're just using a you know seth rollins rep and throwing out your typical generic promos with it i like guys that dare to be different a little bit and that's good that's good and um how how do you feel about um, the well? You it would I I'm not going to ask you how you feel about newsletters because that's not a topic I want to touch on. But uh, newsletters <laughs> have rankings, um, yes. and last yeah. year um, that uh, primarily as Timothy Thatcher um, yes. skyrocketed in those rankings at the end of the year. As um, who do you earned, think, in my opinion? Yeah, definitely. Who do you believe uh, at the end of this year uh, might be at the top of the rankings? You know, it's hard. I think uh, I want to say Turner for that TGW time. He's lost barely, but like he's got a whole year to pick up off of those losses. So like, I think Turner's got a good fair shake for it. Um, of course, Thatcher is still going to be in the running because he's still killing it regardless. Oh yeah, definitely. He's so far, I think, the only person that's won a wrestler of the year who the next year just didn't immediately fall off like all of us did so i remember i won it and immediately lost like five straight matches yeah um, uh, so like it's just one uh, yeah it's just it's a com- it's this constant thing where you win a you win the uh yearly award and then fall off i know thad has already talked about how that's the last thing he wants to do he stayed hungry and he just keeps besides turner he keeps taking up wins so oh, luckily for him he's been able to keep up with it um, but otherwise, like Daniel Bennett, I think, has got a good shake for it. Um, Clarity, of course, is a great shake. 
Um, depending on how Dad does with Naito and Kojo, Dad could be back in the running with a different rep. Yep. So, like, there's a lot of people who are already in that realm that are 100% in the running for it. And then, of course, you have your, you know, I, like, you can't, it's going to be hard to be someone like Lesnar. Like, if Lesnar goes out, he beats Okada, you know, he beats Show Off and, and or Squid in the next show, keeps going for the rest of the year and wins. Like, there's still the possibility of, like, he's exclusive, so it's going to be hard to judge him. Um, but I do think there's a good amount of handful of dudes who have a fair shake, as I mentioned. And then, of course, some of the women as well, I think, also are going to have a good shot. I think Elias Guy's got a good shot at it. Definitely. Um, so there's, like, there's a handful of people, you know? But uh, I don't think anyone at the moment is sticking out. I think it's very close neck and neck at who's had the greatest year so far, the biggest year so far. So it's, at the end of the day, if it ends today, you got to go with the highest achievement at the highest achievement would, I guess be Turner yeah I reckon so TG yeah that was really that was really big um, yeah you figure we haven't had any major title change Kojo didn't have a major title change so you figure the next best thing would be TGW with their world title change and that was Eric Turner winning it yeah so and he beat the last year's champion technically or last year's winner so uh, yeah 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 so, uh, definitely at this point, I'd say Turner. Another name I would, if, if it were to end now, if the rankings were set in stone now, uh, yeah. I do want to put um, Edgy in the edgy in the head, uh, Will Edgeprey. That's, yeah, that's uh, not a bad one either. Well, Edgeprey, I mean, he's been on top of the light heavyweight division in any league for years. <laughs> yeah, Esprey has been, and I've said it to G a couple times, where he has been, for me, the most reliable person, I think, on the entire oh, yeah. roster. Um, just because he always comes with a quality promo no matter what, always cares about the product, he's always very active in every league he's in. He's very active as far as throwing some sort of feedback at him or just hyping up the shows or whatever the case is. Like He's one of the most um, like in-tune people in every league he's a part of. And DOTB was no exception, so I had to give him credit multiple times. The dude's just... That's the reason why we call him Iron Man. It's just like the dude yeah. just always ready to go. Constantly Absolutely. doesn't complain about wins or losses, just takes it all in the chin and keeps it going. Like, I love that about the dude. Yeah, Edgy is amazing. Edgy is definitely amazing. Yeah, all love to Edgy. Uh, absolutely. Um, so with that, I kind of want to uh, bring this episode of uh, Wrestling Amino behind the scene uh, to an end. Um, before we go, is there anything you would like to say to the community? Uh, to say to anyone in particular, maybe if you want to uh, talk shit about anyone, no. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. You um, start burying the world. Listen, it's, Nick. it's not my worst. They can, they can easily distinguish the two of us. Listen, but, um, <laughs> Nick, stop being horny on to- social media. Oh yeah, wait. That, I'll actually I'm tired of it. <laughs> Listen, Nick, I I I appreciate it. Okay, I definitely appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it less when I'm at Nick's, work. Yeah. I appreciate it less <laughs> when yeah, I'm it's not uh, so at fun school. When you're opening up your um, exactly. phone and there's your girlfriend next to you, and there's all of Nick's likes on your timeline. So uh, yeah, Nick, uh, <laughs> definitely, man. What a what a great man, though. Nah, keep it up. His Twitter's a gold mine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else? And right you'd now, like I'm to proud say? of him for sticking up for all the oh, Black de- Lives Matter. Definitely, I'm very proud yeah. of him for all that. He's a very absolutely. Um, I've tried to stick up. I, I don't want to stick up too much and look like i'm trying to get attention on my own so i just i saved my piece i throw all my retweets and i continue to support exactly um uh, yeah yeah so everyone just be nice be supportive of each other you know 
just be nice to one If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Show your feedback. If you got criticism, keep it constructive. Don't get too hard on it. And yeah, just enjoy. Fun. Have fun. You know? And that, that's, that's a great sentiment. Um, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Be kind to each other, indeed. I yeah. thank you so very much and for actually, being on this podcast. Before I go, let oh, me just yeah. uh, plug my boys' bands real quick. Oh, sure. Times like these, Times like these. and yeah. imposters. <laughs> both of those groups, very close friends of mine, a part of those groups, are from Mike is the lead singer of Times Like These. They're on all streaming platforms. My boy TJ is, I believe, the lead guitarist of Imposters. Again, streaming all the platforms. Um, so Spotify, iTunes, yep. or Apple Music, whatever it is. YouTube, or Google Play, all that stuff. So go so check out Times Like yeah. These and Imposters, both of them. We've promoted them in BOTV before, so just going to continue to keep promoting my boys. Hopefully they can take off. And I can definitely share the sentiment. Uh, times like these, I have uh, definitely listened to uh, Imposters, not yet, but I definitely will now. Times like oh, these, yeah. great band. And uh, if that taste in music of Friends says anything, I can only imagine how good Imposters uh, will be when I listen to it. Yeah, and uh, I'm not a pop-punk guy or anything like that. I'm not really well-versed in that genre, but they're my boys, and I love their music regardless. So I think it's phenomenal. I think it's 100% worth a listen. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, thank you for sharing those out. Follow them on uh, platforms. It's uh, Times Like These and uh, Imposters. Yep. Uh, look them up. Um, and uh, with that, I kind of can only say thank you so much for being on this podcast. We've had a blast. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, we, we've talked for an hour and a half about um, <laughs> BOTV. Let me just quickly recap from the back to the start. Uh, prospects, uh, future stars, the biggest stars right now. Uh, before that, we talked about uh, BOTV, what's going on now. So check that out, Wes. Uh, you know, there is um, Full Moon Fever, uh, Overload. There is uh, 4 and then the Battle Rumble still all coming to you. Uh, before that, we talked about some of the more controversial moments within BOTV from uh, Prince not wanting to write anymore uh, at certain <laughs> points to uh, just things such as... Uh, I'm done. I'm tired of them. <laughs> the Sin City on. card, lock of the draw. Uh, <laughs> we talked about BOTV, how it started, some great moments, uh, how BOTV became such a very big name in this uh, league scene. And uh, we also talked about Prince, how his characters basically uh, developed a bit uh, in the early days of Wrestling Amino. Some of you might not have been there, so it might be very interesting to hear. I very uh, found it very interesting. Um, oh, yeah, I'll have to come on someone's podcast one day and go more in depth. There's so much. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I Four years is so much longer than you realize. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, I, I feel that as well. With AWN already being like uh, four years ago, that, that that's insane. Yeah. Um, it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. So, yeah, um, thank you for listening. Hopefully you tune in uh, next time. I do have a guest uh, lined up. I can immediately tell you next time Samir is going to be on. Samir, you might hey. know uh, t uh, Yamamoto Takeshi is his uh, custom and he has been uh, doing great stuff uh, as both in the community and as Yamamoto Takeshi so uh, watch out for that or look out for that as I should say uh, and thank you very much for listening catch you next time this has been Behind the Scene with Prince O'Shaughnessy and see you next time bye